I'm Kristen Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff, and you're listening to the Double Clutch Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Double Clutch NBA Podcast. I'm one of your usual hosts, Matthew Wellington, and I'm joined tonight, once again, after a very long wait, uh, by Ross McLeod. Good evening. He managed to or escape. good morning. Yeah. <laughs> good morning. He managed to... Man, what time is it? <laughs> Getting confused. It's been a long day for NBA fans in this country. It's been a bit chaotic. It's been a long day. It has been, safe to say, a little bit chaotic, hasn't it? Um, mm, it's a little bit strange. Um, yeah, a lot of um, action online, shall we say. Yeah, the social media stratosphere has kind of exploded this morning. Um, I was at work, and around about 11 o'clock in the morning, my phone just started vibrating constantly. Mm. And Ollie, my colleague at work, was like, what the hell is going on with your phone? And I was like, I have no idea. So I had a look, and then everyone was just exploding and going off about this whole NBA.com in the UK rerouting you to the new Give Me Sports NBA homepage. Now, I'd, I knew this was coming because I'd been contacted with regards to possibly doing some sort of freelance work forgive me sport so i knew this was coming i did not expect it to have sort of the reaction it has had today but i think it's safe to say and ross you've probably been a lot more active with regards to looking at it but mm. the the twitter sphere and everybody's just gone mental facebook has been mental nba.com even the comment section on the new give me sports site everybody's just really getting involved in this and like you know the nba is a talked about thing at the moment today <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, we've seen a lot online today coming from um, comments from people on social media, Facebook, Twitter, emails. Um, You'll have seen the notifications from your own emails, Matt. Absolutely. Um, there's, there's, there's quite a lot, even continuing in tonight as well. Um, there's various debates about the goods or the bad side of the, the Give Me Sport redirection. Um, so now, if you're not aware, when you log on to NBA.com to the UK, you get redirected to um, the new page, which is Give Me Sport with all the articles over it so you cannot get access directly to mba.com through it it is a redirection um again it's not the fault of the writers people who contribute towards the site um whatever deal the mba have with give me sport um through this collaboration um it's not going down well with their opinions tonight all over you know the social media network uh, so yeah it's certainly not looking positive for the for the give me sports so far unless there's some sort of change made I can't see this lasting or or, or um, certainly give, making Give Me Sport as a, a viable option for NBA content at the moment. Yeah, and just before we sort of really sort of delve into the nitty-gritty of this, because you lot have been pretty vocal on Twitter and stuff today, we really want to get across that this is not like, you know, a damn fest against the content writers for Give Me Sport. Not at all. Because at all. some of the it's content on there has yeah. been superb mike who was on our podcast last week and does stuff for us writes yeah. for them has done brilliant content so far so it's it's not any it's this is no means in anything sort of you know a crusade against the writers this is more of a why have give me sport implemented it this way why have the nba agreed to this and we'll just talk about the backlash and what's going to happen because and i had a word with um tom reed who some of you will know from the uh, believe the hype nba podcast in australia earlier yeah. on and he was saying back a few years ago this happened in australia um nba took decided to sort of lease out their site and give it local content which is great because that's what you want you want local content that fits your time scale and not you know the u.s time scale but the problem with that is Correct. you need the option to go back and as i found out this morning the option to go back to nba.com on the nba uk site um yeah doesn't work unless you have some sort of proxy or you go to global.mba.com which then takes you to a separate site that's the thing when i, I mean i was on the site last night 
um, just purely by chance. Um, and I was looking at a couple of articles and I was looking at you know stuff that Mike had put up as well. Um, and I'm having to read through and I was like, yeah, there's some good stuff on here. And then as I was scrolling, I was thinking, it's article after article after article after article. It's not really in anywhere, shape or form what NBA.com is like. Um, and then at the very top where you can say change region, select US, I thought, great, that'll take me to NBA.com. No, just keep me on the same page. I thought, well, that's pretty useless. Why is this happening? Where is NBA.com? Um, and again, I just you know clicked off and I thought, well, I'm not going to go back and use that because it's not giving me the content which you believe you're going to be getting. Um, and again, that's not in the writers, but it's the delivery and it's this redirection or misdirection as some people have called it tonight. So it's, um, yeah, it's not really setting out what I think they wanted to be. But bear in mind, I mean, the way they give me sport or the MB have implemented this, I think they're going to have to take this feedback on board from what we've seen today. Because there's so many opinions, you know, from very, very angry opinions, um, quite scathing. A couple we probably can't read on air. Yeah, um, from a quite vocal crowd. And the UK yeah. fans are usually vocal when there's a game on, but they're not vocal for other things like this. Like, you know, we've had totally. a... Like, as a UK fan, speaking of, you know, a guy who set up a fan site and tried to blog and tried to keep regular blogs, it, it's difficult. It's hard work. But yeah. the UK has never had a sufficient NBA blog that is, you know, the likes of Sports Illustrated or Yahoo or someone like that, where you've got yeah. daily content. This is what they're trying to do. And we can see where they're going. Like, there's obviously a goal, but at the moment, and the way it's been impl- implemented so far, it's grinding everybody the wrong way, effectively. And it's yeah. not giving you the option of getting the content that you would like to view. And as many people have tweeted us today, if you type in NBA.com, you want NBA.com. You don't want something else. If I type in Yahoo Sports NBA, I want Yahoo Sports NBA and watch. I don't want to go on there and read something from Chris Broussard. Because, that, you know, that's... That's, that's the, it. The, exactly. You, something is designed to take you to where you're supposed to go. If I wanted to find Give Me Sport, I'd go to Give Me Sport. Exactly. I mean, I... Mean, I See, I go to the car garage, I buy a Porsche, I don't expect it to have Renault alloys on it. <laughs> oh, no, you know? but that would be pretty embarrassing, wouldn't it? Well, exactly. I mean, I go there for a reason. There's a reason why you go to NBA.com, okay? And again, it's not a knockback on the Give Me Sport guys in or the writers, but again, it's all about the content delivery. It's just not right in the way they have structured it, the way they're doing it. What I was saying earlier on, I think in a conversation with, with, with Thomas this morning and Alex Rose, is that the way they've done it, I don't think it's 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 good. I don't think it's worked. It's clearly not worked by the reaction tonight. But the, if they shifted the content where they had a way of having the NBA.com as the main you know part of the page, they give me Sport UK specific site running down you know one third of the page down the side where you can see all the articles in exactly the same way they're laid out as they currently are, but just on a you know a third of the page. That's fine. Because then you can still read those. And you think, oh, great, there's an article there about you know my favourite team from a UK writer as I'm reading MBA.com with all the other content and video. So why can't they be structured more like that? Which I don't think is you know unreasonable. So yeah. maybe that's just me. Well, I think one of the biggest problems we have in this country is a severe lack of real basketball writing like talent. And that's no offence to anybody who is writing stuff or is producing blogs or... Yeah. Or anything like that. The, the, you know, there's no Adrian Wojnarowski over here. There's no Zach Lowe. There is no like go-to NBA writer. I think the closest person we might have is a guy called Mark Deeks, who lot, not a lot of people will have heard of. He runs mm. ShamSports.com. Does a lot of um, sort of stat-related stuff. He's got over twenty thousand followers on Twitter. Zach Lowe and yeah. guys like that absolutely love him. But his day job is, you know, he teaches. This is like a passion thing for him, and. 
Give Me Sport have kind of gone the opposite way where they've just gone, right, you want to write NBA stuff, you know a bit about the NBA, come and join us, we'll put it all up, we'll get it all out. And the problem you get when you do that is the quality varies. And as we've found doing Double Clutch, and like, we're, you know, we're happy to admit it, like, sometimes you get people on board and stuff they produce isn't quite good enough. And then others do really great stuff, but don't get the credit for it. And it's just the way writing is. And it's just a bit of a shame at the moment that it's like that with the way the sort of the journalism industry is. And I know Joe, who writes for us, is wanting to get into journalism once he finishes his um his degree and at the moment that industry is having a lot of cutbacks a lot of newspapers are shutting down and something like this today has really angered a lot of the basketball journalists in this country who cover things like the bbl and obviously like european basketball because the way that give me sport have gone about it is completely the opposite from the way sort of a traditional journalism style site would go and especially someone like the nba who you'd expect to sort of go out there and go right we want these established people people who are known to start content for us and then that'll give us the base whereas they've kind of gone with give me sport because they've got a really good football site and that's the logic behind it yeah i mean even you know 10 years ago you're fighting for column inches yeah. and even to get anything on the nba in the newspaper is an achievement because it still is today know, exactly but now when obviously when when hard media print is dying off and everything's more digital Okay, you're fighting for space on the internet. Internet's a very big place, and you can get your content all over. Like yourself, you can start up a website, you can do a podcast, you can do a blog, whatever you want. But if you're doing it, you know, professionally, and you're working for an organisation or a newspaper uh, or a publication to try and get yourself into that, even onto a well-recognised one digitally, it's even harder. So it just m- compounds things a bit more when you've got. Uh, and again, not to respect the Kimmy's four guys, I keep saying this. Um, when, when you're getting people just flung in there, thrown in there, um, again, it's taking away more space when that is supposed to be an actual recognised MBA, you know, link-up or trademark or branded site. When you've got other guys who may have been doing it a lot longer, maybe more qualified, more experienced. Mm. Um, and again, it takes it takes away from them. And it's a shame. It really is. I think it would be interesting to, to sort of know the background of a lot of sort of the people behind Give Me Sport and whether they are enthusiastic NBA fans like ourselves who do something like this because we love it. Like, we're giving up our, what, it's 10 past 11 on a Friday night for this. Me and you should be out getting pissed. Like, I don't well, I've got a Jack Daniels. So <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> oh, damn it, you didn't tell me that. Um, well, it's empty. It's going to have to refill it now. I could have had a drunken double clutch podcast. That would have, fir- have been a first. Or maybe a save second. That, save that off the finals. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'll be pissed in the field at that point. Um, well, saying that, if my sons get the number one draft pick, I will be getting very drunk. True. Yeah, I thought I had that. We thought we'd get that last year, but my Lakers didn't. So. And when Marquise Morris gets traded, I'll be having a whole ball. Yeah, trade deadlines coming. Right, it's a, bu- <laughs> it's a busy time at the moment. I think the thing is, we need to know, like the guys behind Give Me Sport, like they might be great guys, but we don't know their background as regards to being NBA fans, like. The thing I'm kind of getting at the moment, certainly from stuff that people have said, is a lot of them are the guys who do their football content, and now they've mm. sort of transferred to do the NBA content. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean that, that to me that that isn't the way it should be done. That doesn't mean they're specialised. You want to go out there and get people who are actual NBA fans who have spent their lives watching the NBA, effectively. You know, who where basketball is their favourite sport. Mm-hmm. You know, if football is your favourite sport and you're doing that as a, as the main thing, then that's completely the wrong way to go about it. I'm sure Sky Sports don't go about and go and get their football, the guys who do their football punditry and go, right, well, your favourite sport's rugby, so we'll get you to do football. 
It just well, doesn't, doesn't make I sense. Do remember, I do remember in the old days of Sky when they had the NBA coverage and they had a guy presenting it before they had Kevin Cadle. This is probably 1992, 93 when I first started watching the league. And they had some guy who looked like a school teacher um, <laughs> with a really terrible shirt and tie combination. Like the kind Richard Keyes used to wear in, in the old Premier League days yeah. um, when, he was, when he was presented on Sky. And the guy was horrific. Everything was scripted, auto you know, auto cued. He didn't have a clue about the entire game. He didn't know the players. He just thought, "Oh, well, that was a good shot, wasn't it?" And to the two whoever's in the studio, and you thought, "This is horrific." <laughs> um, so again, it's a similar kind of thing. You can't just put someone into a situation where they're not comfortable in doing. It will show, and people aren't stupid. Um, so that, that, that is a problem that they may face. Again, it's early days for them. I know that, um, but again. I think you've got to deliver the content, you've got to deliver it right, and you've got to get off to you know a good start, and it's not going off to a good start. start. That's the thing they needed. They've not. Like when when Bleach Report first came out, it was like a new thing. No one had ever really seen anything like it before. Yeah, it was great. And it was cool, and now it's like the biggest sports site in the world or whatever. It's like overtaking ESPN and stuff like that. And that's why you see the American sites, which is something that we don't really get over here, but ESPN, Yahoo, sites like that, they're constantly changing their layouts, their formats, their writers, because yeah. they are competing with each other. In this country, you've kind of got Sky Sports and BBC, and that's it. No one yeah, else, you know, who goes to Channel 4 for sports coverage? Yeah, or BT, I suppose. But BT have taken such a chunk of the market yeah, share now. BT have gone in and revolutionised the way they do everything. I mean, they're flinging money at the Champions League, the Premier League. The NBA. The NBA they've taken, obviously, as well. Um, and they're just growing and growing and growing. Um, the sooner they get rid of Mike alone, the better, um, <laughs> and change a couple other guys. This is a basketball Fix, podcast, we promise. <laughs> it, it is, but you never know. They might throw Michael Owen uh, onto one of the basketball ones, you never know. And then get a, a good NBA team behind it as well. I think it would be really beneficial. Um, I just think one of the biggest things behind this is the fact that it was so quiet. Like like I said earlier, right, right at the start of the show, unless you got an email like me, you didn't know well, you it was going to happen. Yeah, I think I might have told you, but you know, you're like in the trusted circle of double clutch. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was kind of like, uh, well, this is coming, you know, it, just be ready for it. And it came today and a lot of people didn't know about it. And Give Me Sport had actually released a press release it had just gone up on very sort of wide classes, probably minor sports sites. Yeah, it wasn't on like BBC or anywhere like that, sort of right in your face, and you knew it was going to happen. So this That's morning, when people went to NBA.com and ended up with this, it was kind of like, "What the hell have you done here?" That was it. I mean, I mean, straight away this morning, I think on our Facebook page, Double Clock Facebook page, yeah, like um, flipping three in that, the morning. I think that's when I saw some guy come and say, what the, how do you get back to the NBA site? And that's when I was checking out as well. I was going, well, how do you get back on the NBA site? Um, How does this work? And then, you know, so straight away, people are just saying, what's going on? What's changed? Why is this? No one knew. What's this give me sport thing? Who are these people? Who are these writers? Where's this content coming from? Who's producing it? Why is it coming from adverts? Exactly. Well, yeah, advertising, I think, has been a big bugbear. Uh, I, get, again. I, I get it, right? I know that modern-day NBA, like modern day websites in general run off advertising. They run off clickbait. But yeah. the way that f- site's formatted at the moment is a bit of a disgrace. Like, There's adverts everywhere. NBA.com was not that bad. NFL.com yeah, exactly. is not that bad. The, none of the American sports sites are that bad. And why should we have to now put up with it just because, you know, you've become the official partner of the NBA in this country? It's, yeah. it's not right. 
click clicks and cash. That's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, like we've got a couple of adverts on our site, but don't go. You know, we've got one for like the NBA EU store if you want to buy a jersey for cheap, and maybe you'll see one for Basketball Mega Store up in Newcastle. But we don't get any money from those. They're all just there just because we love the game and that's, that's all. And they're decent that's people. The way so. it works. Yeah, and you know the Mega Store guys are incredible. If you're going to put anybody on that site, I think they should be right on the front page because the stuff Absolutely. that they sell is you know the best you're going to get in this country unless you go and buy something from the states and the official stores you know the stuff that they're doing up in newcastle is great but yeah back to the the whole give me sport thing like your views in general some of the stuff we can't really say but um matt hardy on twitter put it's annoying as balls because i can't get back to the site i wanted to get on um (laughs) joe helbert who podcasts for us and also writes for read basketball which is another dedicated enthusiast site you know where they spend their own time writing stuff and don't get paid for which it. is one which will fight for you know web space absolutely um he put pretty poor and disgraceful to be honest they've not even done a proper look for for good content in his opinion um martin muir advert laden piece of rubbish um <laughs> craig baldwin on facebook garbage thankfully the proper site is still easy to access via google chrome um, no purist will be content with the abomination they've produced. And that's, I think, the thing we're getting across today is just how smart the NBA UK fans are now. Yeah. They want, they, they want the you best. Can't fool it. Yeah. They want the Zach Lowe articles. They don't want just a random, you know, this is a picture of Dwight Howard picking his nose. Yeah. And, and I think as well, because of their first experience of clicking on and this being forced on them, they're just going to say, well, a lot of people will not go back. First reactions are huge. And the thing is, the people who lose out, is the guys who the genuinely good writers on Give Me Sport lose out. Because then, whatever they've spent all the hard time writing or producing or any of the content, it gets lost amongst all this mess. And that's the real shame out of all this. This is what gets lost. All the other clicks, so, right? give me, so Give Me Sport is actually damaging them, the writers, the guys who are putting so much time and effort into it. So, But people will not go back to the site, not read their stuff. They're the guys that are losing out when they think they're, you know, Think, great one, give me sport, NBA link up, great. But yeah, then some kind of on fans looking at exactly. So it defeats the purpose, in my opinion, in that way. So give me sport, I have a lot of thinking to do, as do the NBA or whoever signed off on this idea of the redirection. It's not working already. It's been what, twenty four hours, forty hours? It's not working. People aren't happy. They need to take the feedback on board and build from it from there and make the changes because at the end of the day, the writers are the guys that suffer. And that's it's a shame. Yeah, like when we got the email saying, look, is anybody willing to do content for us and stuff? We thought it was great because it's like, look, these guys have gone out and done their research. They've found us. They've found, you know, and they've gone, right, well, these guys clearly love it. They're clearly quite happy to do it, you know, off their own back. And then they go and kind of rush out the site. Now, I was thinking maybe the site would take a while to go out. If you're going to put something like this together, surely you want to... First impressions, and I said it a minute ago, they count massively these days. Hugely. If you go on a website and you don't like the format, chances are you might never go back. If you listen to a podcast and you don't like how the audio sounds, chances are you'll never go back. Like, if your podcast sounds bad, like the audio's bad and it's all fuzzy and you've got, like, you know, phones going off and stuff, people don't like listening to it. It's as simple as that. And I think it's exactly the same with a website nowadays. You know, if you go on a phone and you go on double clutch for example and it doesn't work with your phone properly you're probably not going to go back to it on your phone it's as same thing. As that. first impressions are massive um even in real life you walk in a shop you don't like it you probably won't go back you know yeah you but you know you buy a product at the shop you buy it you don't like it you're not going to buy it again so 
and it's the same idea with with anything. You know, bad first first impressions are huge, and if you get it wrong, you make an arse of it. Then it takes a lot to win back trust or faith. Um, NBA Live to get someone to retry it. NBA Live. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, I remember back in the day playing what ninety six, ninety seven version. Loved it. Brilliant. Best game ever. And then up until about what two thousand and six, probably, and then it just went downhill I know, rapidly. Was okay. I thought twenty. 14 was okay, actually, but don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that bad a game. It's not that bad a game. It's just because 2K delivers a much better product. Yes, um, and they may and have, may, may have took fact. us to New York last year as well. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, well, it wasn't either of us two. So. Well, no, no, but it was yeah. members of uh, our, este- our esteemed colleagues, I think, so to say. Arsels. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean lucky Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, no, everyone's kind of getting involved in like you know those tweets that we mentioned. That's not all of them. Like Rob Jeffries is a basketball freelance writer. He's in Toronto yeah. um, for All Star Weekend at the moment. He says I decided I didn't want to read. Give me sports British version of NBA All Star, so I went to Toronto instead, which is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> that's I, quite a length to yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> that's quite a length and a lot of money to go. Angus Craig sixty nine put if I wanted the Give Me Sport website, I'd have searched for that. When I search for NBA, I I expect to get the NBA. Um, um, Keith White, Facebook, high double clutch. This move has actually rolled back the potential growth of the NBA coverage. Um, the coverage of BT Sport recently interest fa- has increased fan levels, coverage, and interest via social media, which we've certainly noticed in the last yeah. two three years. Um, all of us fans have been able to watch, read, and you know write about up to the minute coverage. Sorry, it's really strangely written, so I'm kind of adding bits as I go along. Um, <laughs> it's basically said that NBA.com acts as a separate portal for us. So like, as we're watching a game, we can go on NBA.com, check out the stats, check out the articles, check what the American experts are saying. It's an American game. That's yeah. where you're going to go for the best content. I'm sorry, I don't care how good you are. That's where everyone's going to go. It's true, it's and that's the fight. That's the fight you're always up against because Americans they get the news first. We wake up in the yeah. morning, we might see it. Um, but again, these are the, the reporters. These are the guys going direct to the arena, the locker rooms, the players, the management, the front office. These are the guys that get the stories first. So like everything else is the best just here. runs downhill. Everything else just runs downhill. Exactly. Like you know, Americans tend to look at our football coverage because it's going to be better than theirs. That's just the way. Uh, it is. Absolutely, is it's because you're so close to the game. You know, you're involved. It's, you know, you're, you're well, you're in the country for goodness' sake. So you know, it, obviously, it's just the way it works. But it's the same for any sport. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say that, like, give me sport today. I've actually come out and been quite fairly vocal about what they've done. Um, they're quite yeah, happy to talk been, to you. On, yeah, they're quite happy to talk to you. They're engaging. They've been tra- fairly transparent on that front. Yeah, and, absolutely. And several sites in the past probably wouldn't have done that. They're quite happy no. to come out and talk to you and say this. We, you know, we want to build the NBA in this country. Um, that includes getting on fans. You know, people who've never written before, people who have, have written before, and that's great. That's what we want. But the fact is, because yeah. the launch has kind of gone down badly, you know, it's like the, it's, like the Titanic. Yeah, it's it's really not been great. But like as I said, Tom Reed earlier was like, you know, NBA Australia has its own site. I think NBA France has got its own site. Quite a few of yeah. the NBA like other countries have got their own sort of localized content. But I think because the time difference in this country, it's always going to be a problem. Like even with regards to like just trying to blog on double clutch, like half the time you just end up writing something, and by the time you finished it, it's probably out of date. Yesterday's news, exactly. Yeah, and if someone wants to go read something about it, they'll go to Bleacher Report or Sports Illustrated or somewhere like that. So the podcast for us is our unique way of getting it out because we can, you know, vocally talk about what we want to talk about. And that can kind of never date because that's always something people are interested in listening to. 
Totally. Uh, hopefully. The, the, the other very funny thing as well has I been mean, you can you can be writing on something, working on something, and then a wodge bomb drops and just blows yeah, everything up. Blows everything you've done up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, wodge. <laughs> oh, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which he will do next week on Thursday, I believe. Well, remember, remember last year with the trade deadline. And yes, I do. As yeah. soon as I got a text or a tweet saying Dragic had been traded, the dominoes just fell. And everything went mental. And it could happen again this year because you've got big pieces like Dwight Howard and Al Horford and Jeff Teague all sort of yeah. floating around the table at the moment. There was something I read earlier today about even James Harden. Yeah, I saw that because I yeah. think there was a debate on one of the debate shows in the in America. The um, the debate was, is the problem in Houston James Harden and not Dwight Howard? And they were actually making some quite legit points. Yeah, um, to the, be honest. The, there was a good one I read, I think it was a few weeks back, maybe maybe, maybe a month ago, and it was about James Harden saying, you know, he's, he's the number one player in the team. With him as the number one guy on your team, is are Houston ever going to win a championship with him as a number one guy? Iso ball. And that that was a good that was a good point. Isn't if he's your main guy, is he the guy that's going to win you a championship? And a lot of people are saying, well, no, he's not because he's not that guy to win the championship. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and unless, I think he tried to do that again. He unless, tried to win the game against the Warriors the other day. <laughs> yeah, unless you've got the right pieces around him. But how many pieces are you going to need to make up for, you know, well, lack of it, lack of effort and defense for, for one. <laughs> um, but again, because again, because the way he plays, if he's your number one guy in your team, are you really going to win a championship with him? No, you're probably not. And that was my opinion on it as well. I don't think you would with him as your number one but wherever he goes, he will want to be a number one. He will not want to be a number two again, or number three like he was in um, back in the Thunder. So he will not. Sit, he'll whatever team he goes to, he will be the number one option, or he will want to be the number one option. And on that basis alone, the Rockets will not win a championship, right, I which think, I thought was a fair shout. I think it's safe to say we've jumped off. Give me sport now. So you know, good luck, guys. I'm sure you'll get it. So you'll get it right eventually. Um, right, James Harden. Yeah, let's get on with it. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. Basically, that was that was, that was my, my point. Harden, um, Dwight Howard, yeah. Rumors are all floating everywhere. Obviously, we know, um, you know, Joe and Thomas did a podcast last night on the the trade rumors. Um, they always do yeah. trade rumors every flipping podcast. Yeah, they love trade rumors. Everyone um, loves a trade rumor. Let's make stuff up. Uh, oof, Markeith Morris for LeBron James. Um, Dwight Howard to the Leicester Riders. You could see, I don't know, Ray Allen to Seattle Supersonics. It's getting desperate. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> nothing else now, because I, I think what usually happens, All-Star break is it quietens down just for a couple of days, and then come Monday, it'll ramp back up again, and the rumour mill will go into overdrive, because the good thing about the All-Star break is, and what I like about it is, you, if you get people who don't watch every single team in the league, I know you know we watch probably most teams as much as we can, but it's a great... But it's a great chance for other people who don't usually... They might only follow one or two teams, just so you're catching on a game here and there. But you'll get to see players on other teams, you know, not big market teams. So you'll get to see more of DeMarcus Cousins. you get to see more of guys like... Well, Al Horford just came up to replace Chris Boss tonight. Um, so you get guys that you don't often see throughout the course of the regular season. And you'll get to see... Like John Wall. I mean, how many Washington games do people in the UK watch? Not a massive amount, I would imagine. 
so you get to see more of John Wall, people like these guys. So it's good to see these guys you wouldn't normally play it. Uh, you wouldn't see it as much of during the regular season. So I think it's good to see them get a shot and a bit of TV exposure, especially in the UK, because you get someone watching for the first time who's never really watched Demarcus Cousins play. Like, oh, he's brilliant. Look at the size of the guy. He's amazing. Um, so it's good. It's good for the exposure. And the same for the rookies as well tonight. The rookies game going off at, what, two in the morning? Yeah, and the NBA is always really good at this time of year because stuff like what they're doing today with these flipping... They make it fun. Yeah, these know? Twitter emojis that they've released today, you know, <laughs> pictures of like Camelo Anthony and the beard and things yeah, like that. I'll, they I'll just love one. <laughs> to spice it up a little bit. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, but the way America markets its sports, the way it marketed the Super Bowl the other night, the way it markets the NBA playoffs and the NBA finals, it's on a completely different level from anything that the Premier League does yeah. in this country or anything that the Aviva Premiership does in this country and things like the rising stars challenge which is tonight and the taco bell skill challenge and the slam dunk on on saturday they're completely unique and the nba completely makes the most of them and i think we should probably um should we do a little all-star preview because i guess the other guys haven't done it i think it'd be quite good to see who we think who's going to win you know what yeah, thing we've got? We've got the rookie. Well, we've got the. Well, I, I still call it the rookie game because when I was watching it back in the mid nineties, it was the the shake rookie game. We had East versus West rookies, which was great. But now it's the you know the kind um, of rest this. of the world. Yeah, world yeah. versus USA. Yeah. How many one? How many, how many competitors do we have from Great Britain this year? <laughs> None. Uh, do I have to answer that? None. Okay, skip that. Um, so who's so who's in the US team then? <laughs> who's in the US team? Uh, Jordan Clarkson of my Los Angeles Lakers, Rodney Hood of the Utah Jazz, Zach Levine of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who deserves it? Who deserves it? Devin Brooker of the Phoenix of your Phoenix Suns replaces Nerlens Noel, who was out through injury. Um, At last, Devin Brooker will be in a winning team. Yeah, maybe. Um, Yahil Okafor, <laughs> Jabari Parker of the Milwaukee Bucks, Alfred Payton of the Orlando Magic, D'Angelo Russell of the Los Angeles Lakers, Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics, and Carl Anthony I'm a Freak Towns of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And that's a pretty strong Rookie team. Yep. Yeah, um, rookie of the year coming. It's a, it's a good team. It's it's a really good team, and it'd be quite an exciting team to watch as well. Because the good thing, I think, watching that is there's quite a quite a different number of lineups that they can pick from using those rookies as, and the second year players as well. I think they've got a good variety of players to get some. some yeah, it should be some good exciting um, matchups on the court. Right, the world team uh, is Bojan Bogdanovic of the uh, Brooklyn. We kind of hate them. Nets. Um, Clint Capello of the Houston Rockets Mario yep. Hazonia who was the guy who was supposed to light Zonia. up the NBA this, this year supposed to be the next Kobe Bryant hasn't quite worked <laughs> out for him yet bless him um, Nikola Jokic who's been kind of a surprise package in, uh, in he's Denver he's been great yeah. uh, Trey Lyles is replacing Nikola Mirotic uh, for the Utah Jazz um, Emmanuel Mudiay makes his first world team well only world team probably um, Raul Nito of the Utah Jazz Chris Tapps Porzingis um, Dwight Powell of the Magic and the Canadian Andrew Wiggins. So, I think these teams are really even, to be honest, talent-wise. I, I think for for me, the states slightly edge it, slightly edge it. Is that because it's a Suns player? No, well, apart from having the best <laughs> three-point shooter in the whole two teams, um, no, I, I think I think they just shade it, in my opinion, they do. Um, but I mean, it, it it goes to show, and again, in the last 10, 15, 20 years, how far and the impact European or players not of born American. Um, I've made in the league. It's huge steps. I mean, you know, 10, 15 years ago, there's a handful of foreign NBA players. And now I think it's something like 40% of the league's players are overseas. Yep. So again, it's great to see. I hope it continues for a long time. Thomas is always continually talking about how many guys he's seen in Europe. 
you can see coming over to the NBA, and he's excited for how many will be in the draft. I think the last time I looked at the draft boards, I think there's about 10, 12 out of the top 20 odds um, players next season in, the, in next year's draft. In this year's draft, sorry, um, are projected to all be overseas players. Yeah, and like three of the biggest guys, the last two sort of drafts have been, you know, Emmanuel Mudiay, Chris Hatspazingis and Andrew Wiggins. Like they've been yeah. the guys that everyone's on about. Wiggins is a Canadian, grew up watching Vince Carter playing for the Toronto Raptors back in the late 90s and early 2000s. Not basketball a model. Yeah, basketball absolutely exploded in Canada then, courtesy of that. Mario Hazonia grew up watching Kobe Bryant, Emmanuel Mudiay played in the Congo and went through civil wars and then played in China. <laughs> and, you know, he's playing in China at the age of 18, playing at a really high quality level of basketball. Yeah. And Chris Saps has just gone straight to the New York Knicks, the biggest spotlight in the whole of the NBA. Um, and it has just blown the roof off that place. Like he's become a, a phenom. And, you know, if Carl Anthony Towns wasn't in this year's rookie draft and, you know, Jahil Algafor wasn't there, he'd probably be running away with rookie of the year. Yeah. I mean, Chris Saps is a really good story though. Cause I mean, how many, how many Knicks fans will admit to booing him now? Yeah, Knicks fans. On draft night. I mean, I said that on draft night. I thought that was that was pretty, pretty poor behaviour for the Knicks fans that were in attendance, booing, you know, this young guy's coming from overseas straight to the NBA, and he's just not even had a chance to even bounce a ball on the court, and he's getting booed. You know, it was it was ridiculous, and I thought it was pretty shocking to hit Vero. But these are the same fans that wore banks over the heads in the front seats the year before as well. So, I know, but that was hilarious. That gave us great pictures for a few years. That was good, though. That was good. Nick's are always good for comedy in some variety. Um, but again, the joke's on them now. I mean, the guy's playing brilliant. He's really good. And the scary thing is, what will he be like in the four or five years? I know it's quite lazy to make the kind of dark comparisons as soon as you get any overseas player or European-based player and he's tall, but you can shoot. Oh, he's the next Dirk. I'm not going to do it. I think, the guy's got, <laughs> I think the guy's got other skill sets different to, to Dirk. I think the way he can block shots as well. Dirk's not really much in the way of a shot blocker. Chris Stapps seems to have a... I think have more of a defensive awareness about him than Dirk. Um, so I think he's going to be more of a... a a more developed player potentially, but I think Dark and the way you know his shooting, his scoring is just fantastic. But I think Persingas would be more of a, a rounded player overall. I think than than Dark. Yeah, I think this um, this this uh, Rising Stars game is going to be sort of an interesting battle between the two front courts because I think it's kind of favouring Team USA with the with the size that they've got and the players they've got. Carl Anthony Towns is an absolute freak. If you've seen him play this yeah. season, he is a true talent. And uh, you know, Andy Duncan, who co-founded Double Clutch with me, like goes and watches the Timberwolves nearly every season, and he is an absolute star to play. And that team over the next few years is going to be one to watch. But you you partner him with Okafor in that front court. And they're going to be immense to watch. Like this Rising Stars game, traditionally like the All Star game, there's not a lot of defense. No, but with never. those two playing, there could be quite a lot of blocks and quite a few rebounds. And I, th- I, th- I think, yeah, I think I think shot blocking would be quite good, and interesting to know, and also rebounding as well. Um, but I think both teams are built to run. They can get up and down the court. Oh yeah, D'Angelo Russell and Jordan they're Clarkson really good in transition. Yeah, really good transition. Um, you, obviously, I've seen a lot of Phoenix this season. I know what Devin Booker's capable of. Um, <laughs> Again, well, that's the thing. That's a lazy comparison to say, oh, he's a, he's a he's the next Clay Thompson. He can he just shoots threes. He doesn't. That's the thing. And people have been very surprised of his all-round game, um, driving the basket, attacking the basket, taking it two guys. He was taking it to LeBron James <laughs> the last time they played the Cavs. Yeah, he's remarkably uh, similar to Rodney Hood, who he's playing with. And it's great to see a 19-year-old just you know 
go in it, guys. Um, and then if the three points there, he'll just without you know a hesitation, he'll you know he'll shoot it, and it's I think it's got the highest percentage of three point for rookies. Um, and there was a start early in the season, but I think he's blown that to bits because of Phoenix a terrible record. But um, uh, but in terms of, of pure shooting, yeah, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. I think again in the three point shootout, you'll you'll be good. But I mean, you're up against Steph Curry. I don't think there's going to be uh, too yeah. much challenging Curry for that. But again, the three point shootout lineup. It's a really strong lineup. It's hard to pick a winner. I would have to say Steph Curry just based because it's Steph, but the lineup for the three-point shootout should be really, really interesting. Yeah, the 2016 participants for the Foot Locker three-point contest are Stephen Curry, as you just mentioned, James <laughs> Harden, Clay Thompson, Chris Middleton, Kyle Lowry. Um, interesting. JJ, I thought it was a bit of a surprise that one. JJ Redick, CJ McCollum, and uh, Devin Booker. And yeah. the defending champion is, of course, Stephen Curry, who won it last year. Again, I think the ones to watch in that one would be JJ Redick. I think it'd be good. Chris Middleton he as well, actually. That. He never really turns enough. up, though. <laughs> it's a thing you get some players a bottle it, but he does play for the Clippers. So um, if Carl Lowry does it, man, in front of like the Toronto crowd, it'll be immense. It will be, but I don't know. I was I was quite surprised Lowry went for it. I didn't think he would go for it. Um, but hey ho, he's he's there. Um, and again, it's a hometown guy, so he's going to have the backing of all the fans. Um, but yeah, I think. Steph's the guy I would pick again. I think he's just got that ice cold. Just once yeah, he's on a roll, that's him in the zone. But again, it's be I mean, an you look at, Warriors final. You look <laughs> at the guys he's up. I mean, who else can he's good at threes? Clay Thompson is a great three point shooter. Harden, <laughs> Harden when he yeah when he wants to be can be a good three point yeah, shooter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Middleton's a good three point shooter. JJ Redick can catch fire. Booker, we talked about already, can shoot the three, no problem. So it's a really, really strong lineup. Um, I'm tempted to say I might root for Booker myself and put £10 on the, the on Skybet for it, but I'm not <laughs> going to condone gambling because I'll probably lose, given my track record. Um, but again, I think, yeah, Steph Curry for that one. Yeah, it's it's going to be between the two Warriors players, I think. Um, my dark horse would probably be CJ McCollum. I think he's mm, had a stunning yeah. year, considering the start to his career he had. The pressure that's been heaped upon him and the rest of the Portland Trailblazers this season um, after Lamarcus Aldridge left, I just think that it, he's sort of a guy who can surprise a few people. But like I said, I'd really love it if Carl Lowry could do it, um, just for the pure yeah, simple fact guy. that he's in front of you know the hometown fans and it's like the first All Star game outside of the US and it's it's a big thing that it, it's a big thing if he wins it. Um, before the actual three point contest, however, is the uh, Taco Bell Skill Challenge. Um, mm-hmm. Which is always an odd one. I never know if I enjoy it or not. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, first when it was first introduced, I was a bit kind of mm, yeah, two thousand three, like Jason Kidd. Yeah, but um, but through the years, you know, it's developed. It's got a bit better. I think um, last year's was actually pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's it's entertaining. Again, it's the All Star Weekend. It's a bit of fun. Um, and it gives, again, it gives you a chance to see some guys you don't usually see. But again, I think what we were discussing before we came on air, there's more big men this year. Yeah, which is strange because the last few years it's been traditionally dominated by point guards. Well, actually, going back a long while, it's since like 2008 it's been dominated by point guards. Darren Williams won yeah. it in 2008, Derek Rose, Nash, Curry, Parker, Lillard won it twice, and then, well, Lillard won it twice, I say. That was that weird year where they had Team West versus Team East, yeah. it was a bit strange. Um, and Patrick Beverly obviously won it last year for the Houston Rockets, so... The yeah, fact he's injured got, this year. Yeah, he's the out. fact that you've got Demarcus Cousins, uh, Draymond Green, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns in there this year mm-hmm. is a bit different. But Carl Anthony yeah, Towns is Thomas, yeah. hella skilled. Draymond Green is hella skilled. He might be one of the best players on the planet right now. Anthony yeah. Davis, 
he, if, if Andy Davis goes out and wins this, then it might actually be the, the highlight of his season, bless him. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, out of all the, all the guys looking to see in this Isaiah. contest... Isaiah Thomas. Well, saw, Thomas was there last year, and he was disappointing. He didn't didn't live up to it. Yeah, he was my pick to win, um, but he didn't. Um, I'm quite interested to see how Manuel Moody gets on. Yeah, he's a very, very skilled ball handler. Like One of the big things I noticed to him coming into the league was his ability to sort of dribble with the ball. Um, yeah, at pace and run. Um, the, the, the other one, that again, as a rookie, Towns. I want to see how he gets on as well. Yeah, Towns is just... He shouldn't be that skilled and that big. No, it's not no. fair. And I think it could be quite entertaining to see how he gets on the, the, the skills challenge, how he handles it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it'd be good. Again, it's another it's another fun thing. There's some big names, like I say. You know, you've got DeMarcus Cousins, you've you got Towns, um, you've got Jamin Green, Anthony Davis. I mean, they're big, big stars in the league and all you know, pretty big guys. So it should be a good competition. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson and CJ McCollum are both also in there. So, you know. If McCollum does it all, he could win everything. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, the main event of that Saturday evening, uh, all of this is on BT Sport, by the way, starts at half 12, um, is the dunk contest. So it's at half 12. Yeah, yeah. AM. I think people can figure that out. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for that, Ross. <laughs> um, the 2016 dunk contest, sorry, Verizon Slam Dunk Contest participants are Zach Levine, the defending Space Jam dunk champion. Yeah. Um, Aaron Gordon of the Orlando Magic, Will Barton of the Denver Nuggets, and Andre Drummond of the Detroit mm-hmm. Pistons. Interesting. Drummond was a strange selection for me. Um, but he can dunk. <laughs> he can dunk, but when I saw it, I thought, it doesn't really... I don't know. It just doesn't look like the stereotypical guy you'd Dunker. seen in the dunk contest. You know, uh, He's not like the, you know, the, the skinny, wiry guy who's going to be throwing it around, contorting his body, etc. Yeah, Aaron Gordon's um, not exactly skinny, dude. What's that? Aaron Gordon's not exactly skinny. He's ripped. <laughs> Listen, I wouldn't call him fat. <laughs> no, but skinny and ripped are different. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, but yeah, Drummond, I was a bit surprised about Aaron Gordon. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing. Yes, I'm really looking yes. forward to seeing Aaron Gordon. I think a lot of people are. And I think people have been anticipating him entering this to see what he can do. Because, I mean, Zach Levine last year wasn't really a big secret because it's seen all the YouTube clips of what you can do. But, yeah, um, Aaron Gordon, really looking forward to it. But again, Zach Levine, trying to live up to last year, it was outstanding. That was one of the best dunk contest displays I've seen for a good few years. It might um, be the best one of this decade. I've maybe got in the limits of the best one since Vince Carter in Toronto. Yeah, I said this decade. That's past 10 years ago. <laughs> 16 years ago I'm talking about 16 years ago that's crazy that is the greatest dunk contest of all time uh, but yeah I think um, Zach Levine should be interesting as well to see what he can do this year different to last year um, what he can improve on is he going to um, dunk over a car a la Blake Griffin I think it's going to be over a bus to beat that one to be fair. <laughs> yeah um, a London bus well Blake, Blake Griffin's doing nothing this all-star weekend isn't he um, uh, uh, poor guy <laughs> Yeah, hope his hand gets better and the, the face of the assistant that he punched. Yeah, um, friend, apparently. Yeah, good good me, he is. Um, <laughs> so who else, who else who are you looking forward to seeing? I think Will Barton could be interesting, but like you said, yeah. I think it is all about Aaron Gordon. I think everyone's yeah. just, he's a freak. Like some of the dunks he's thrown down since he's come into the league are monstrous. But Andre Drummond, I think, could surprise a lot of people. 
I think there's a lot of ferocity in that guy waiting to come out. He's had a phenomenal year with the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons in general have had a phenomenal year. Like they are solid. They could be a really good like destination in the next few years. Um, mm-hmm. But if Zach Levine brings to the show what he brought last year, yeah, like the sheer variety of dunks that he brought, and he was up against Victor Oladipo last year. And Octodipo, you know, Oladipo, Octodipo, Oladipo is no slouch. Like he can dunk. He he did that yeah. whole singing to the crowd. He sung New York, New York, did he in front of Rihanna <laughs> and everybody? And it was he did the whole classic sort of milk the milk the limelight slam dunk thing. And Zach Levine then went and did the same thing with a Space Jam dunk. And I I think Zach Levine's probably going to defend it. I w- I wouldn't bet against him. But it's going to be close. I mm. think it's going to be very, very close. Two different dunkers. I mean, Levine, the athleticism. Um, not to say Gordon's not, but I think Gordon's got more of the power. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So a bit, bit of contrast in dunking styles. Um, Levine's a bit more of the finesse, but Gordon's the power dunker. So, yeah, it'll be good to see. And again, Drummond as well. He's not finesse. He's pure power. No, I just think like Zach Levine got two perfect scores last year. Like that's yeah. difficult to get, man. And he could do it again this year quite, quite easily. He's probably been working on this since he finished the last one as well. He's that sort of guy. <laughs> like you mentioned, you mentioned the videos, like the vines and the YouTube videos and stuff. Him and Kyle Anthony Towns have been having like dunk contests, like after get after practices in Minnesota this year. So yeah, I'm sure they're uh, they're ready for it. Right onto the big one, the Sunday night, the All Star game. Boom, boom, boom. Um. Okay. Um. Also, a prediction is probably a foolish thing. So I would yeah, who predicts predict, the All Star game? It's not. I would never predict one to win. Stephen <laughs> Curry is going to go for eighty-one point, <laughs> p- points and a half, or in a half. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, will he ever play the fourth quarter? <laughs> oh, I don't know, maybe. But um, yeah, again, it's one you can't call. But I mean, the, the lineups when you're looking at them. Um, I don't know. Who do you think? Uh, the Western Conference. I think Kobe will play 10 minutes and then they'll come on and win it for Kobe. <laughs> Kobe will come on. He'll, they'll just give him the ball all game. <laughs> Let him score 81 points. LeBron, LeBron will pretend MVP. to defend him. It wouldn't shock me if Kobe was given the All-Star MVP because they'll give him so many minutes and give him the ball and say, okay, it's his last everyone in Toronto. Here we go. Give him the ball. Let him score. Play no defense on him at all. Not that you play much defense in the All-Star game anyway. And just let him take over and have a nice wee swung song. That's like what I don't want to happen. I really don't want that to happen. Do you actually um, agree with Kobe being there? Because Thomas and Joe have been quite vocal <sighs> the last few weeks about him being there. And uh, I just think a lot of it's due to that fact that they don't like the Lakers. <laughs> well, you know me, Matt. You've done me for a few years. And you know the team I hate the most in all professional sports is the Lakers. And the one player that I... Oh, I hate's a strong word. I hate the most is Kobe Bryant. But you can appreciate them. I can appreciate that for go. the last 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 seasons. Apart from when he sees buzzer beaters against you. In, apart from the games. <laughs> I, well, I've, 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 never, I've never cursed more a player in a game than Kobe Bryant because the amount of times that he's put my team at the sword in the playoffs or in regular season... And we've, we've given it back, but then again, Kobe's the guy with the rings to show for it. You know, it speaks for itself. He's one of the best players of all time, without doubt, right? To deny him his swan song would be a bit harsh. But the thing is, because it's voted for by the fans, they were never, ever not going to vote him in. Of course they were. Oh, yeah. and, if he, and if he wasn't voted in, he's one, he's one of the GOATs. Not the GOAT, 
but he's one of the goats. Not the goat, but one of the goats. Right, it's what. Yeah. Well, it's his last. It's last year. You don't have to worry about it next year. Well, that's the thing. I, I, take, I can take pleasure in the fact that he's now a crippled old man that can hardly play basketball anymore. So that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be an interesting one. I think. Um, LeBron James is probably going to come out and try and make a statement because everyone's going on at yeah. the moment that, you know, Stephen Curry is the best player in the world and that uh, LeBron's not really relevant anymore, which is stupid because the guy's six foot eight, 250 it's, pounds. Yeah. It's a ridiculous statement to make to like say. Five straight years or whatever it is, six straight years. If anyone comes out with a statement saying LeBron James is irrelevant, needs to be taken out the back and shot. It's the most ridiculous <laughs> thing you could say. It really is. I mean, but, but even then, I mean, as much as I like, love the guy. Um, Charles Barkley came out tonight and said something. Steph Curry just shoots threes. That's all he is. He's yeah, but that's just, Charles Barkley's an idiot. He's a lovable idiot. <laughs> Don't you defend know? him. <laughs> I, I can. He's one of the greatest Suns players of all time. Of course, I'm going to defend him. Um, nice. But his um, his quote about the Suns last week was even funnier. Did you catch that on TNT? No. With, show me. With Shaq and oh, I was, I'll I'll send you the link. Was after. that it's when hilarious. he was with McHale? No, no, no. Oh, no, that was um, this week. Sorry. He was rip- ripping into the Suns organisation, everything down to the standard of the soda in the stadium, um, <laughs> to the cheese on the nachos, everything. Oh, wow. He just ripped into the organisation, and it was hilarious. But uh, but yeah, but yeah, Chuck makes silly points. But I mean, again, you can't dismiss someone like LeBron. It's it's a, it's a it's a stupid and a foolish thing to do. I don't know. Are we supposed to get excited over All Star Games? Eh, you can. Again, it's a showpiece thing. It's a big glitzy event. Uh, like we said before, you know what the Americans do? They can promote and they can advertise sport and push it in a way that the UK can't. The UK, the way we present sport, completely different to America, completely different markets. But again, yeah, we can get excited about it as long as you're not got work on a Monday morning. So I'm glad I'm not the only one feeling this because I went on Twitter just now just to check the hashtag I made UK and Dan Coop put a few hours ago he, that he's not bothered about All-Star Weekend and I can, I'm can i kind of like that. I, I care about the dunk contest yeah, yeah, but the rest of the stuff I'm never really too bothered about. Well, I used to, lo- I used to love all the games in the 90s. I remember staying up on late nights and Channel 4 and watching them um, and they're always great showpieces and again, up and down basketball, no defence being played, high scoring games, you know, packed with good performances as well. It kind of tailed off a wee bit for me in the early 2000s and mid-2000s. got a wee bit more, bleh, a bit boring. <laughs> but again, in the last couple of years, I don't know, I think I've got a bit more, my interest has peaked a bit more again. Um, and especially now, knowing that we'll have to look at Kobe Bryant after the season, makes it even better for next year. Exactly. Doesn't get much better than that. Anyway, because this podcast is going to run on quite a bit, and we've uh, we've released another one today, so it's probably not a good idea to give you you know six hours worth of podcasts. Um, well, it's All Star Weekend. It is All Star Weekend, and <laughs> we're going to be up late most nights this week, I'd imagine. Well, you certainly are. I know you've got like the week booked off until Tuesday or something stupid. So. Yeah, I'm back on Tuesday, so uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be I'll be up late night on watching the All Star Game live, probably. You'll be up and- super, super late. Paying for it the next day, probably. <laughs> um, right, Joe wrote a really good piece about Jay Crowder and why the uh, Boston Celtics shouldn't trade him on Reed Basketball today. Um, so go and check that out. That's readbasketball.com. I'm quite happy to announce that Double Clutch are going to be doing the uh, a playoff guide. Um, now, those of you who've followed us for the last season or whatever will know that we did a season guide at the start of the year. Ross wrote some bits for that. I wrote some bits for that. Kristen Ledlow from NBA TV and Inside Stuff and a bunch of other people wrote stuff for that. And it went down really well, didn't it? So we're going to go and do yeah. a playoff one. Good feedback. Good feedback on that. A couple of guys in the States commented on it as well to say other podcasts in the States, funnily enough. Um, how do we look at it? Guys, that's amazing. That's tremendous. Is it? 
Yeah, thank you. He's <laughs> uh, going, how did you do that? And said, well, don't ask me, ask Matt. <laughs> he did the layout. I just, you know, did bits. Yeah, that's called many hours of sitting on Adobe InDesign packages. Um, but no, I was going to... safe to say that I'll be getting ripped off by every other site next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, yeah. Um Thanks for that. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll do the playoff guide and then we'll, this, I think this might be like an ongoing thing. I quite enjoy doing it and it's quite good going around and getting, you know, I think Ross quite enjoyed doing his preview and everyone, you know, got that to was do good it. fun. Even though all our predictions are absolutely probably horrific. hideous. Yeah. From, I haven't gone back and looked at them, but yeah, I actually I might have said that the Utah Jazz have made the playoffs. Yeah. And I predicted the Philadelphia 76ers will finish with the worst record. <laughs> Which so was a no-brainer. I, well, I well, said, that, yeah, I that, my sons are going to get in competition the next second half of the season. I did say Portland would like have the worst record or would did you? win 15 games or something. So That's horrific. I think I might get in a bit of trouble for that one. Sorry, sorry Blazers fans. I did you know how the Lakers fans. making the playoffs? No. I'm pretty sure I did not have the Lakers making the playoffs. Might double-check that. Me? I didn't write that bit. <laughs> oh, no, it was me. I think I put my <laughs> I, I did cover that conference. Get, get, get your facts straight. Um, if you are obviously watching the NBA this, uh, the, the All-Star Weekend, um, if you're tweeting players, for example, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, hashtag DeMarcus Cousins will get you a little boogie with a ghost hat on. Um, they're doing all kinds of things. So go and check out. Um, I think Tub did a post about that. So you can go and have a look on, on their website about the uh, NBA emojis this weekend. I think the Basketball Megastore have got a couple of offers on for the, uh, for the All-Star Weekend in Toronto this week. So go and, um, Go and check them out. But yeah, I mean, hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast. Hopefully, um, we will all enjoy Give Me Sport eventually once they've sorted out their, their early issues. But, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting, uh, journey for them, I think, and an interesting journey for sort of NBA fans in general, isn't it? So, yeah, uh, again, it's another good week in the basketball. Uh, and we'll catch you all next week. Okay, okay. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Good night. Do you have any uh, plans outside of basketball for spending time in the city? I would say something about going outside, but it's too cold, so I got a party tonight. Where's the party? It's, it's an amazing city. I, I hope, hopefully, I can get a little time out. Maybe I'll just drive around and kind of sightsee. It's amazing to be back. Canadian people have always been very hospitable, uh, very classy people. Uh, just a beautiful place. Uh, I remember living right down on Lakeshore Boulevard and going to school at, you know, in Queensway Christian College. For, for the city to finally you know, get us just due nationally in, in the United States is pretty cool. Landscape of the NBA, people know about the Raptors and what they're doing. And, and just me as a basketball player, when I was here, you could just sense the passion uh, from the kids and from the fans. The support here, and you watched it during the playoffs last year, watching, uh, you know, everybody show up to the, what was it, what was it called, Jurassic Park. Can you talk about maybe DeMar DeRozan and his growth uh, as a player, just from like an L.A. perspective? Yeah, he's, uh, he's He grows every single year. He works extremely hard. DeMar, he's talented. We all know that. Kyle's talented. Oh, very impressed, man. DeMar's a guy that, uh, you know, that kind of flies underneath the radar from time to time, but he's a guy that seems to get better, works on his game. And DeMar, Kyle, they both deserve it. They're putting this city on the map. You and Drake have any competition over your beards. <laughs> he just started growing his. I mean, come on, what's going on? Are you going to be hanging out with Chuck at all? You know, he's a big Toronto ambassador and he loves the city. I don't know who that is. Charles Barkley? Never heard of that name in my life. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate it.